Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Corner, llegó el gol de Olivier Giroud. Marca el Arsenal, marca Olivier Giroud. Gol de los Gunners. This is Arscast Extra. Hello there, welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunner Blog. Goodly afternoon to you. Goodly afternoon. It's so nearly wasn't with me. I've had quite the weekend. This comes as no surprise to me or anybody who listens to this podcast on a regular basis. James, I'm beginning to think that you're essentially cursed. Where you go, ill fortune follows. Mm. What happened this time? Because I, I saw a picture of you on your Instagram. Yeah. Looking extremely happy. The caption- At that stage, that yeah. was Saturday afternoon. And let me tell you, I was on top of the world in every respect. I was almost literally on top of the world. I was at the top of a mountain and I felt enormous pride and achievement having climbed this mountain. Very happy, very sunny. But let me tell you, it was in every respect downhill from there. Right. Okay. So you were in you were in Scotland, right? I was in Scotland. I was on a, a friend's stag do um, and he chose to have it at the, it was like a, a pub crawl across Scotland ending at the remotest pub in Scotland, in Britain, I believe. That seems... Not necessarily the handiest no. <laughs> way of no, going No, it's about called it. the Old Forge Pub, and it's in Inveree uh, in Loch Aber on the northwest coast of Scotland. And to get there, I had to fly to Glasgow, take like a five-hour coach, and then take a ferry, um, an hour on a ferry. Right. Anyway, I got there. We okay. all got there. And on Saturday, you know, we woke up in this beautiful surroundings, this amazing lock, these mountains stretching up. We climbed this mountain. It was a wonderful occasion. And there you and are. There you are on Instagram. I'm on top of Scotland, I think is your, your caption. And yeah. you, you look like... You look like a man at peace, a man I was, I was truly at peace. Yeah. I found it up there. That's where peace was hiding all this time, on top of a mountain in, in rural Scotland. And I cannot tell you how dramatically, from that stage on, things took a turn for the worse. Well, hang so, on, hang on. No, you, you can, because that's exactly okay. what you're going to have to do here, because we need to know what happens. Can I, can I read out the, um, the WhatsApp that you sent me yesterday? Yes, you can, yes. So... What was this? About 10 to 5 yesterday evening. <laughs> and uh, tomorrow might have to be a later recording. About to miss a flight home from Scotland. Having an absolute nightmare. Then there was a pause. Been on a coach for nine hours with food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> All true. All true. So, what, what, Do you know what it was that gave you the food poisoning? Let's well, try and start have- there. Well, first thing that happened is I got down the mountain and realised two things. Number one, 
I was incredibly badly sunburnt. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't normally burn that badly for a man with a fair complexion, but I have, I am bright red right now. I am Arsenal red. Um, so that was one thing. Right. Second of all, I very quickly realised I'd been bitten about a million times. Have you encountered midges? Yes, of course. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, this part of Scotland is absolutely infested with them. But normally um, midges just kind of fly around and they're in your face and they don't necessarily bite you that much. As far that was my, my experience of midges isn't isn't that they've they've feasted upon me. Mosquitoes when I lived in Spain, I was I have to say I must be fucking delicious to yeah. mosquitoes because they they would eat bits of me regularly. Well, I, I also was led like you to believe that midges don't bite. I quickly found this to not be the case. Right. Maybe they just like, you know, they like their meat crispy. And with my sunburn <laughs> all over me, I was, I was too appealing to them. So I was very hot and very itchy and right. very uncomfortable. Okay. Anyway, Saturday night came and went. We went to see a folk band play. Again, it was almost idyllic. I went to bed at a very reasonable hour. You know, I had a few drinks, but nothing nothing too heavy. Um, and then I woke up at 3 a.m., having only been asleep for about an hour or so, with the most violent illness I can possibly describe. Are we, are was, we're talking the D word here, are we? We're talking every... I mean, I was leaking in every possible direction from every way you can. Right. I mean, it was mental. I've My been body, there evacuated itself. <laughs> I, 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 I will say at one point the next morning, about 10am, we were about to leave the hostel we were staying and there was some debate over if I was sort of up to the journey. And uh, I said, oh no, I want to do it. I'm not staying here on my own in the most remote part of Scotland. And then I briefly afterwards collapsed, um, fully clothed to my knees, emptying myself out of every direction. It was <laughs> genuinely... The worst I've ever felt. So, but so this was all happening between three a.m. and about eleven a.m. I was just being sick. And what was and it? What, I mean, what did you what did you eat? Did it, a couple what? of th- well, there was a sort of barbecue the previous night on the beach, and I do wonder if maybe I just got unlucky. But I, yeah. I was sort of the only one, so who knows? Other theories include sunstroke, but I'm not sure if that. I, if I've had sunstroke. Um, one of the years uh, we went to, on holidays to Spain. Actually, it was was there a Euro two thousand? There was. Uh, there would have been. Yeah, there was a Euro two thousand, and uh, went to the beach one day. And you know, usually very careful about these kind of things. And it was a cloudy day. I think that's what did it. Um, a cloudy day in Spain, uh, just outside Barcelona, and I got I got sunstroke. I got like my head was enormously red and mm. we were in the hotel room and I was lying there watching Euro 2000 um, on the little television that was in the room under the covers of the bed, sweating and absolutely 100% freezing cold. I've never been as cold in my life. I've never sweat as much in my life. And at the time on the holiday, I was reading a book about David Bowie. And at one point I was lying there watching the football and just a procession of David Bowie's walked across the room. I wow. remember saying to Mrs. Black, can you see, can you see those? Look at all the, look at the David Bowie's. There's loads of them. They're just walking. I, I was hallucinating. I was cold. I was shivering. I did not get sick though. I didn't, you know, I didn't evacuate my insides no. from, this, from sunstroke. Well, there you know. Who knows? Maybe it was a combination of factors. I mean, I didn't get to see David Bowie. This is the thing. Mm. You don't expect to get sunstroke in Scotland. No. Nobody planned for this. I brought raincoats and everything. And yeah. We got lucky with the weather, but I got unlucky with my health. So 
imagine feeling like that and then being told, okay, now you've got to get on a ferry. Uh, so I did the ferry, <laughs> which was, you know, mainly spent, you know, running below decks. Then it was like, well, we've got to do the five-hour coach journey to Glasgow Airport. We'll definitely get you on your flight, don't worry. Obviously, four hours into that coach journey, there was a some sort of accident and the, a closure of what appears to be the one road out of the Scottish Highlands. <laughs> so we were told we'd have to take a 150-mile detour. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, the flight was, at this point, you know, almost a no-go. Some Several of us decided we weren't going to do that 150-mile detour. We were going to try and walk the several miles of road closure to the other side of the road uh, of the accident. And then what? Go, about get a taxi? Miles. Yeah, and then try and get a taxi from there. Because no cars could get to us, you see. Where right. We so we did that, got in a taxi to Glasgow Airport. On the way, realised that we'd obviously missed the flight. Tried without with very intermittent uh, 3G signal, with GPRS and almost no phone signal. Tried to book other flights, realised every other flight was gone. Got to Glasgow Airport, realised we could get a flight home from Edinburgh. Uh, <laughs> So got a cab from Glasgow Airport to Edinburgh Airport uh, and got a flight home at 9.40pm, having set off at 10am. Then you thought we thought we were on the home straight, you know. We oh thought my God, what next? We won. We didn't cash out. We thought we had it. Then it got incredible. We got off the plane at Luton Airport. We booked an Uber cab and the guy was an hour... Spent an hour trying to find us. There was like he he couldn't make his way around the airport, and then when we got in the car, um, he <laughs> he literally was driving. We suddenly realised we're taking so long. He was literally driving whatever the speed limit at ten miles per hour. Uh, this taxi driver. So we were only fifty, and he was driving at ten miles per hour, and every car behind was beeping and screaming what at us. Was the, what the fuck? I don't know. He didn't speak very good English, but at one point he turned to us and said. I've been driving three days. <laughs> and he was he was about 60. So I don't know what happened there, really. He said, And then as we approached London, he said, this is the first time I've been to London. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. It took us about twice the length of time to get home. I was, It was white-knuckle stuff on the motorway, genuinely. It was going down the motorway at like... 40 miles an hour, veering across lane to lane. I've never been so scared. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, eventually got home at about uh, one or two in the morning and uh, wow. spent today trying to rehydrate, effectively. Right. Well, um, I just want to put it on the record here right now that uh, if, if anybody ever offers us like a trip away somewhere, mm. I'm not going. I'm not going no. with you. I mean, I'll, I'll is- meet you there. Perhaps, so, you know, we could go to the same destination, but there's no way I'm getting on the same flight, the same boat, the same taxi, anything like that. No chance. I don't know what to say. It is remarkable. I I just attract danger <laughs> uh, and misfortune. Uh, I would genuinely say it was one of the worst days of my life, <laughs> no exaggeration. Like In terms of the sequence of events, it was truly incredible. Like... I mean, I just thought, oh, oh, it actually gets better. Oh, hang on, I what, got home. what now? I got home and there was a letter addressed to me. And it, as you know, it had been my, uh, maybe you don't know, but it had been my birthday last week, so on the 16th. Right, so oh, I was like, oh, maybe belated, belated birthday, yeah, belated post. birthday greetings. But it was, in fact, uh, a fine for a driving misdemeanor of £130. <laughs> <laughs> so this after I had to spend an extra £250 just to get home. 
£130 on top of that uh, when I got in. So really... I mean, absolutely extraordinary. I, I actually feel a bit scared about doing the rest of this podcast. What the I fuck? mean, who knows? Anything could happen. Jesus. Um, well, that's... I mean, I'm try- I'm in good spirits now, but there were times yesterday where... It was a bit was bleak, dark. I'd say. Yeah, It was bleak. dark. It was yeah. very dark. I didn't I didn't think I was going to make it, to be oh, honest with you. Oh, my God. I mean, it's difficult enough to deal with all that, but on top of... You know, I suppose there is the the, the upside of that. After, after a certain amount of time, there's nothing left that you can expel from your body. It's all gone. That's it. And my body wouldn't let me put anything in it, really. So I was just this... I was an empty vessel. I mean, that was the incredible thing. I've never felt so weak. I mean, I almost couldn't walk. It was... Uh, oh, it was harrowing stuff. Yeah. And I mean, the funny thing is, obviously, I was surrounded by 20 other guys who were all feeling worse for wear. Um, but I found it very... I had no sympathy whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, they don't give a shit about you at that point, you know. No, They've all no. got their own stuff going on. Oh, he feels bad. Who cares? We all feel exactly. bad, Exactly, we all feel bad. But I mean, I don't think they could quite conceive of the scale of it. Yeah. But um, there yeah. you go. I mean, at least I probably didn't put any weight on on the stag too. Well, listen, I, I, again, coming back to when uh, to my Spanish adventures, when we first moved over there, we went out one night and we had some tapas somewhere. And I think I must have got a bad prawn. And I remember coming home and I don't quite know why I did this, but I ate a yogurt. Um, mm. And again, much like you, having gone asleep, I woke up at uh, a couple of hours later going, I don't know whether to sit up uh, or sit on the toilet or kneel in front of it or what. But I lost <laughs> I lost a stone and a bit in two days. Wow. So, yeah. It, it can be uh, unpleasant, that, that situation. It's, I mean, you know, it it's a controversial diet. It's, it's one with uh, <laughs> risks attached, but yeah. every cloud, I guess. Well, this is it. Um, People pay, like, big money to Weight Watchers to lose that, that amount of weight. That's it. That's all, it. All I mean, people do, are always yeah. going through all sorts of, you know, bizarre treatments to to evacuate themselves. Yeah. And I got all that for free. And they say there are no yeah. quick fixes. Nonsense. Well, exactly. <laughs> They're not very exactly. pleasant. They're not very pleasant, but they exist. All you have to do is go to the, the north of, very north of Scotland and... Climb a mountain. Yeah, climb a mountain. I mean, the problem is now, I got all these bikes and at the time I didn't really notice them, but it's actually today that they're really coming to the fore i'm the itchiest man add in sunburn as well right it's a it's it's an uncomfortable uncomfortable existence right now but (laughs) i made it i made it i'm doing a podcast you're here you're here i mean and people thought there wouldn't be much to talk about in this show (laughs) well um i'm I'm glad you're here and in in one piece i'll be very many itchy pieces Thank um, you. Thank you. Jesus. And thanks for my birthday present. What have you got me? I, I haven't received it yet, but I imagine it's... I, I did um, I did get a, like a really uh, old mobile phone you could have <laughs> <laughs> that nobody would bother stealing. It's one of those brick yeah, ones. Yeah, that's you know? good. You've got, to, you've got to carry it in a like a suitcase kind of thing. Is it one of, yeah, one of those massive brick-sized ones. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's got Perfect. its own charger that you can carry around and plug into. I think you've got to plug it into into Sellafield, basically. It's the only right. way that you can charge it up into a <laughs> nuclear reactor. But it should be safe. I mean, well, it should be, but it is me. I mean, I wouldn't take anything for granted. Well, well there you go. Well, a belated birthday greeting. How old do, are we allowed? No, I mean, I know 30. you're not so... 30. 30. 30. Is that yeah. all? That's all. Like, to me, it feels old, but... yeah. I don't know. It's, it's all a question of perspective, isn't it? It certainly is. To me, that's not very old at all. 
No. Well. I feel like 31 will seem a lot older than 30. I always basically measure myself in... I'm still at an age where I sort of measure myself in footballer years. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I'm probably looking at my last big contract soon. Yeah, pretty um, sure. Pretty sure. I, I, uh, I sort of... I have to look at my uh, footballing uh, age now in, in terms of Stanley Matthews. Yeah. He exactly. played till he was 50-something, didn't he? So, yeah. The big question is, if someone offers me you know, three years on more money, but I got offered four years on less. Would I take four years because there's great stability attached? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. Nicely done. Nicely done. Nice segue into the whole Jamie Vardy thing. Did you see the uh, the interview with Arsene Wenger? I managed to see that while I was away. I saw bits and pieces. Wasn't it? uh, Did you see the bit where she's asking about Jamie Vardy? He doesn't quite understand because of her accent exactly what she's saying. And then he goes, oh no, Jamie Vardy. Oh, well, from, from what I hear, he's... He's going to stay at Leicester. And the, the lady interviewing him goes, oh, oh, no. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. yes. <laughs> it was a bit of burn there, wasn't there, from Arsene? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I thought that was great. I love the little weird background music of the interview as well. It's it a like, very strange clip. Like when I saw it come out, I was like, is this real? Am I? Is this part of my sunstroke fever dream? <laughs> what's, uh, Am I hallucinating what's going on? this? Yeah. I mean, should we talk about that? I, yeah. feel, like, uh, I feel like we should. We should. What did you... I mean, so do you take it at face value? It's always difficult with Arsene, isn't it? It is. I mean, there's always part of you that goes, oh, it could be playing the old Arsene Wenger game here. But I don't know if he plays that game as often as people think he does. I think most of the time he actually just tells the truth. And then sometimes he might say something and then there's the old double bluff for somebody, you know, something happens like the old, I've never even heard of Santi Cazorla. And then two seconds later we sign him, whatever happened there. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I think he's he's on the level and I suspect that that's the case with, with this. Um, I, I mean, th- I think Sky Sports put out a story today saying something like, oh, he's still decided. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> still, uh, but I mean, everyone's going to hedge their bets with that story. But I think... Yeah, I mean, it It did seem as if he... I mean, David Ornstein uh, of the BBC effectively confirmed the story, didn't mm. he, saying that Vardy... Essentially, it sounds as if he sort of hasn't got back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's maybe that's all Arsene Wenger knows. What's happened in the press? The eighty percent likely to stay at Leicester thing, and uh, even Ornstein's uh, tweet was he's leaning towards staying at Leicester. So there's nothing like definitive, one hundred percent. He's definitely, definitely staying at Leicester. Although the the Leicester owner did say. Um, I, I think he's probably going to stay. You'll see the news, you know, very shortly is what he said. So maybe they've had an indication from Vardy that he wants to stay. I mean, if he does stay at Leicester, how do you view it? Is it a snub to Arsenal? Is it a is it a slight on Arsenal? Does it show that Arsenal's uh, reputation is not what it was? Is Arsene Wenger's reputation not what it was? Our ability to to attract players? Well, how would you how would you view it? <sighs> I mean, I, I hate to answer your question with a question, but well, I don't hate it enough to not do it. Right. Um, <laughs> one thing I've been pondering this weekend is, had it not been Arsenal, had it been another of England's big clubs, say a, a Manchester United or a Manchester City or a Chelsea, do you think that Vardy's answer might might be any different? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this is more about... Leicester being able to compete with Arsenal financially than anything right. else. And maybe he just really likes it at Leicester. Maybe he loves it there. I mean, one thing I would say is that if you look at the culture of Arsenal, he doesn't seem an obvious fit. No. Is that that's, fair to say? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's reasonable. 
I think that's reasonable. Um, you know, because who could he? Who's who's going to be his drinky? Well, I mean, maybe maybe Jack. But aside from that, yeah, I, you know, I, I do wonder. Leicester are bound together by this great sense of friendship as well as you know being a good team okay but what happens if you know if he stays if Vardy stays and then Mares goes well fuck it I'm off and Kante goes listen I'm not fucking hanging around here I've been a star I've been a star of the European Championships I'm off too do you think do you think maybe he's that that's a consideration for him as well maybe I mean he might think yeah but I've guaranteed myself 100 grand a week for four years and I'm somewhere that I like and I'm happy and even if the team drops away I feel like I'm mm. I'm somewhere where I'm comfortable and I enjoy my football and I know I'll be first choice. I look, I, I do find it slightly bewildering. I I would have thought that he would see that he's achieved pretty much everything that he can at Leicester. Like I I'm not sure it will get high. I'm not sure their trajectory will go higher than this point. Higher than thought- higher than top. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think I don't necessarily think they're going to go on and win it again or win the Champions League. Or, do you know what I mean? Anything yeah. like that. So yeah. I, I kind of feel like he's made himself a hero there. And I, I would have thought that a player who started so low down the pyramid would be won over mm. by the the idea of representing one of Europe's biggest clubs. Yeah. And I'm trying to say that objectively. I'm trying to say that you know not as an Arsenal fan. If I if he if it was another club, if it was. You know, even a United who won in the Champions League who came in for him. I would be really surprised if he didn't go. I do wonder if it would be slightly different. Maybe there's a north-south divide to an extent. I mean, Vardy, I was, mm. someone was showing me a few tweets of his about, you know, about the south, and I'm not sure how enamoured with it he is. Well, what, uh, what about it doesn't he... What did he say about the south? I can't remember. It was something about soft southerners or something like that. I just wonder if... I wonder if Leicester is... I don't know if he's somehow he's, he feels like he's at home there. I do this, find it baffling, and, and if I'm honest, there's still twenty percent of me that thinks that he will, in the end, give his answer as a yes to Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out completely. I wouldn't rule it out completely. The problem I, with I, I, is, yeah, surely Arsenal will need to move on. Well, that's it. I mean, I think the maybe there's a little bit of pressure being put on him with the uh, with the David Ornstein tweet. Do you think that's possible that Arsenal are pursuing other options now? And that's in the public domain. So maybe this is a way of of saying, look, it's still there, but you've got to make your mind up quick, fast, matey. I mean, yeah, but the, the issue is that he said he doesn't want to think about it till... Uh, yeah, but that's, no, look, that's nonsense, though. Of course he's thinking about it. And of course he's going to wonder about it and deliberate and all those kind of things. It's not as if he goes into the European Championships and just goes, boo. And, you know, doesn't think about anything else. Of course, he's going to be thinking about it the whole time. It's mm. it's making it a public issue so that people will, will say, well, look at him. Isn't he great? He's only thinking about England because he hasn't said anything public about joining Arsenal or leaving Leicester. But, I mean, mm. the, we know that he's obviously going to be thinking about it. It's going to be a decision that plays on his mind. I mean, in, in reality, if you were to say, if you truly, truly wanted to focus on England 100%, you'd have made your mind up before you went to the European Championships one way or the other. Right, so I I don't think anybody buys that nonsense that he's not thinking about it or is, you know whether he lets it distract him or not is is another thing. I don't think it's a distraction anyway. As soon as you go out in the pitch as a player, you're not worried about you know where you might end up or what your move might be. But 
Um, you know, I've completely lost track of what we were talking about here. <laughs> and it, but basically, basically yeah, yeah I, I think he could still join. Uh, but I think as well, Arsenal would be mindful or would be minded, I should say, to um, to to prepare for a no. Yeah, I think they have to. But I mean, if the player wanted to join, would he run the risk of letting the club secure somebody else? You know what I mean? It's- yeah. If he really wanted to join, would he not have said by now? Perhaps there's some shenanigans in the background that we don't know about. I mean, Arsene Wenger didn't seem particularly bothered, did he, in that interview? about whether Vardy was staying at Leicester or whether he was coming to Arsenal. It wasn't like he was, uh, oh, no, this is terrible. Well, Arsene Wenger's always, you know, he always rolls out that quote of uh, you need the agreement of three parties for a transfer. Yeah. You need the two, the buying club, the selling club and the player itself. And it seems here it's the the player that's the yeah. problem. Yeah, um, uh, it is. It is an odd one and it's one that surprises me. I really thought that he would jump at the chance, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, me too. But hey... What are you going to do? What are, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we, what are we going to do? What are we well, going to do? <laughs> <laughs> the panic begins in yeah. earnest. Um, I think that maybe Arsene thinks he can afford to wait because maybe he thinks, probably correctly, that there isn't that much business happening during the, the bodies of the Euros, you know, as in the main group stage. Like, there's no other deals really... Maybe I'm wrong about this because mm. I have been away, but it feels like there aren't many other big deals going through right now. No. I'm sure there are things happening in the background. Yeah. I'm sure there are I'm, lots of things, but yeah, no, it's quiet. It's quiet, but then... I mean, know? I was uh, on this stag do with a, a, a football agent, uh, <gasps> funnily enough. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I wonder who that could be. It wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't the one you might be thinking of. Different. All oh, right. Okay. And, uh, wow, we you're chatting. fucking super connected. I'm. I am so itk right now. And uh, we were chatting about it, and he was saying, "Yeah, during the Euros, everyone's sort of uh, not really doing anything. You know, it's all pretty quiet, especially mm. at Premier League level. So maybe Arsenal just thinks, well, I'll wait and see. But, yeah. But what if your second choice? Let's say your second choice. Let's say your second choice is. Let's say it's Alvaro Morata. Right. For the sake of argument, what if you're waiting for Jamie Vardy's answer, and then you hear another club, say Manchester United, are in for Morata? Do you have to drop the Vardy thing and just pursue that because you don't want to lose your second choice as well? I don't know. Mm. Tricky. It is a bit tricky. It is, but I guess that's. It's all part of the. The machinations of transfers that, you know, look, there's there are a limited number of striking prospects that would fit Arsenal or that Arsene Wenger might be interested in. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of names, but I'm not sure he's interested in all of those names. So I guess going in early on Vardy was a sign that, OK, this is the guy I really want. He's the guy. We're going to get him. And then if that doesn't work, what do we do? I wonder if, you know, I said this in the blog this morning. I do wonder if they even thought about the possibility of Vardy saying no. And you think about traditionally, it's like you go for a Leicester striker. He's going to go, yep, yep, I'm out of here. Thanks, Leicester. See you later. Cheers. Good luck. I'm I'm going to join Arsenal. Like, there's no question about it. This is what Thierry Henry was saying last week. But now, the, you the know, only, I, I just wonder. That would be, if they triggered the release clause, they have to know about the release. I mean, maybe they didn't. Maybe they triggered it by accident. But normally you would know about the release clause because the agent of the player would tell you about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
And he would only do that if, if he thought his client would be happy with it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it is really weird. <laughs> it is a bit weird as well. And I think the you know, when the story broke the other week um, on the Friday night, uh, the, the, the journalist that broke the story has a good connection to Jamie Vardy, I believe. So yes. um, from that point of view, you wonder why there's the delay now. So I don't know. It's why I don't rule it out completely at this point. Um, and, and maybe there's just a bit of, you know, background stuff going on. So, you know, we'll have to. Do you think, we'll I know some see. fans from my, from my Twitter replies and stuff would say, well, seeing as he's dawdled, seeing as he's unsure, Arsenal should close the door and just move on. Do you subscribe to that? Without knowing the full details of it, though, without knowing why there is this delay, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I mean, of course, you get worried, don't you? That you know, if we dawdle and if we delay, then we might miss out on somebody else. So I understand that point of view, but I guess I don't know. I don't know genuinely. I mean, I think if we get to the end of the Euros and there's a, there's still a delay. Uh, or, you know, when England eventually go out or go on to win the thing. So 10th of July, I mean, that won't... <laughs> Sorry, that just made me chuckle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, no, I was waiting for that. I left the gap there for your chuckle. That's okay. Yeah, I, I, I took it seriously and then I had a moment of uh, just realisation. Well, I mean, the Euros ends 10th of July, so that, that's three weeks' time. That's the very late, very latest that we yeah. should know what's going on. So if England, let's say England did go all the way and win it and Jamie Vardy scores the winner in the European Championship final, um, how many days of being on the piss do we grant them before he makes a decision? You know, preseason starts on the whatever of July, the mm -hmm. 7th or the 4th or something like that. And then, of course, you know, there's, there's stuff going on. You know, there's preseason games, there's a tour to America, there's preseason fixtures in Scandinavia. You know, there's a lot going on, so um, it starts to starts to get busy again. And you know, we come back to this whole thing of wanting your squad as settled as possible before the start of the season. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll we see. will see. We will see. I mean, yeah. There's nothing we can do but wait. But one hopes that there are contingencies. All right. So did you see much of the football while you were uh, away on the stand weekend and, here and there over the, over the weekend? I saw Ronaldo miss a penalty. <laughs> that was worth worth seeing. Yeah, I mean, a lot's happened, hasn't it, in the last in the last week since we last spoke mm. um, in terms of the European Championship. What have you made of it in general? I mean, there's been a lot of late goals and late An goals. Lot of late goals. Late, I don't bother watching the games until the last ten minutes. Yeah, really, the late goals tend to make things seem more exciting than they actually are. I think. You know, all of a sudden it's a late goal. You're going, oh my goodness, isn't that like, oh, the timeliness of it, blah, blah, blah. But I think in general, it's been quite poor as a tournament. Yeah. Am I am I alone in thinking that? The quality no, of the games hasn't right. been, hasn't been brilliant. Be right. I but, don't think the quality of the football's been great. And I don't... Has I don't there been, think... James, has there been uh, a brilliant game? Like an mm. absolutely brilliant game? No, I don't think so. Um, Maybe I'm being remiss and I'm forgetting things, in which case I apologise to Euro 2060. Mm. <laughs> but I can't recall one. Uh, I'm just literally scrolling through now. Mm. I mean, yeah. there have been entertaining games, diverting games. Yeah, but no brilliant game. There hasn't been an absolutely amazing, fantastic game 
that everyone's gone, whoa, the quality of that. I mean, the biggest win was Spain beating Turkey 3-0. And even yeah. that was just your typical relentless uh, Spain passing Turkey into submission. England versus Wales wasn't bad, but I guess part of that is due to the familiarity we have with all those players. Actually, yeah. do you know what really struck me in that game? I've never, I've never really noticed it before because obviously I don't watch Swansea a huge amount. But Ashley Williams, I've never seen a footballer kick a ball as far so many times in one game. <laughs> Like you could almost see there were times where the ball was coming towards him and he, he there, there must have been a shout of like, time, time, you've got time. And he would either head it miles back or just fucking boot it as far as he could down the other, other end of the pitch. Or he'd well, be in possession. Say, I mean, oh my God. I remember people talking about him. It wasn't, it wasn't a high him. quality game, was it? I mean, he's got a reputation as quite a cultured centre-half, actually. What? But clearly not, uh, clearly not in a Wales show. I mean, he was, I agree with you. I mean, the Wales were... Very, especially having gone ahead, they were very conservative in the way they played. Yeah. Joe um, Hart, what? Jesus. Oh, that wasn't pretty at all. It wasn't no. pretty at all as an no. Englishman. Um, I mean, Republic of Ireland aren't doing too great, are they? No, that was that was really poor against, uh, against Belgium. Um, tough group. Tough, tough group. group to and to be fair, they were good in the first game, but very, yeah. very poor. Um, against Belgium. I mean, there was the whole penalty incident with Shane Long. And before I even do that, one of one of our regular listeners, uh, Svenzo777, wants to complain about Shane Long's bad tackle on Carrasco, which is fair enough. It was a bad tackle towards the end of the half. But Shane Long took quite a pounding, I think, from the, uh, from the Belgian defenders. And then there was the moment in the second half where uh, Vermalen and Alderweireld just kung fu kicked him. Alderweireld kicked him in the head. His boot was, it was ridiculous. You, that's a good. That's a good uh, shout for a penalty and a red card. We've seen red mm-hmm. cards given for for that kind of thing, um, and that probably would have changed the game a little bit. You have to say a penalty. Um, so if if Belgium were penalised for that, and then obviously within like ten seconds of the not getting the penalty, um, Belgium went up the other end and scored. But I mean, on the on the day, Belgium were far far better. Uh, than Ireland were because they managed uh, I don't know how they managed to do this it must be practice or something but they passed the ball to one another yeah to the guys in the same the same shirts they were wearing it's fucking, they it's gave them the ball tantamount to cheating I yeah it was, I, I, I for one was struck by that I couldn't believe it when they had it they'd instead of just kicking it off the pitch or yeah. to one well, of the Ireland players they would give it they'd use their feet and pass it directly to Another Belgian player. What were they? What were they thinking? I don't know. Martin O'Neill's head exploded on the touchline. He couldn't even comprehend it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about so a couple of young strikers? Well, we might as well talk about strikers because let's face it, strikers are the most exciting. They are. And we have been linked with a couple who scored a brace each in the past week: Morata and Lukaku. Did you see those guys? I did. I did. Um, Thoughts? Yeah, any? Yeah, Lukaku's two goals were were good. Um, Good finish for his first one, actually. The second one was very high, weren't they, Ireland, on that third one? Unbelievable. Oh, I mean, what was Kieran Clark doing there? I mean, when I saw that goal, I only saw it in highlight form, and I thought it must have been like the 94th minute or something because they were caught so high. Yeah. But no, Arsenal esque almost. Yeah, absolutely. You can't let the man pass you there. You just can't let the man pass you. You've got to, like, stop him. Take the ball Mm. or the man or both, one or the other. Yeah, um, but yeah. So that the second one was a tap in. I really liked Morata's header. Yeah, very good header. Yeah, I can't remember the second goal. 
it was a tap in after a very neat passing move. Do you remember they literally just squared it? To oh him? yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we we yeah. I mean, two two goals each. Two players probably on the radar of Arsene Wenger to a certain extent, but again, you're looking at the the money that they call. I don't know whether we've it's learned. It's quite anything. weird, isn't it? That the, conceivably, the kind of players lower down the pecking order in terms of Arsene Wenger's preferred options may end up being significantly more expensive. Mm. Well, because of their age, I guess. Yeah, you know, they've got a few more years in them than uh, Jamie Vardy does. So that that's and, probably and me. That's so probably <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah. Yeah, what else has happened? Say, have you seen a, Have you seen a team that you think they're the ones? They're, they're the, no, they're the I mean nobody's been brilliant. I don't think there's been any really out. Spain, obviously, because they're just so technically accomplished. Um, France, not so much. I mean, they're they've been okay. No, yeah, they. But you know, traditionally, tournament winners don't start great. I think mm. you know, I think it's momentum can be a big thing, especially for a home nation. Yeah, well, Italy surprisingly good I think yeah or unsurprisingly good maybe unsurprisingly given it's a it's an international tournament Mm. Um, yeah I mean defensively they're they're very Italian which is good and they've you know they don't have a huge amount up front but uh, they've uh, they've got some goals Uh, Germany can't say a lot about Germany that we don't already know so we'll we'll have to wait and see but it's one of those because it's a big tournament because there's so many teams in it we'll uh, you know we've got this quarterfinals and then have we got like a round of 16 is that the way it's going yeah round of 16 I mean that's bullshit isn't it it really is yeah it's pretty crazy um, so yeah we'll have to see um, England of course uh, in action tomorrow and Wales uh, today tom- is it today is it tonight England Slovakia yeah oh it is tonight okay it is tonight Jack Wilshire set to start right um a heavily changed team, apparently. Jamie right. Vardy also going to play. Okay. So uh, six changes for England. Right. Hmm. That'll be. I, I guess they're you know exciting. Feel that they're yeah. They'll be through, but they should. They need to win the group, really. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Is there anything else that's that's caught my eye? Did you see um you see Jens Lehmann? I didn't see that. No. Okay. The, the, Jens Lehmann posted a, a video. Uh, from Paris. This is, um, I'm going to play it here. Imagine if you can, Jens Lehmann smiling in the smiliest way possible. Okay. Okay. Imagine how kind of disconcerting it is. Because we know Jens is a little bit, a bit of a character. Maybe a little bit, would people say mad? I don't know, you know, mad Jens, they did call him that. But he's standing... Um, with the Eiffel Tower in the background. The Eiffel Tower is all lit up in the background. There's obviously a fan zone or something like that. Lots of fans milling around. So Jens is giving it the full, like, sharky smile into the camera. And this is, this is what he says. This is amazing Paris. I'm standing here in front of the Eiffel Tower. What a magic. What a magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's been one what of my favorite. What a fav- magic. What a magic. It's been one of my favorite bits. From the European Championship so far. Have you enjoyed the punditry? What did you make of Neil Lennon's comments about uh, Granite Xhaka? Uh, what did he say? That he, he reminds him of Charlie Adam? He said, he ha- I haven't been impressed. He reminds me of Charlie Adam. <laughs> right. Well, I guess that says a lot more about Neil Lennon than it does Granite Xhaka. Or indeed Charlie Adam. Did you see matter. our man Granite playing against France? I did. I watched bits of that and I watched him in the previous game against... Uh, who was it? Oh, oh. Romania. Yeah. Romania. Yeah. 
and I was impressed. I thought he's been I th- thought he's been one of the one of the best players of the tournament, one of the best midfielders of the tournament, certainly. He's certainly um, been completing a lot of passes. There are a lot of those tweets going around with big stats in them. Yeah, Granit Xhaka completed passes three thousand and seven, four million game. and six. Yeah, yeah, you know, so he's been, he's been good. Um, uh, but apart from that, you know, the Arsenal interest has been quite minimal. Olivier Giroud had one of those nights for France. Mm, seen those before. Yeah, seen those a few times before. Thomas Rizitsky's right. hamstring exploded. Oh, poor Thomas. I saw that it happening. Sad. At the time, I saw it going, oh, no, that's it. That's his international career done and dusted. But he stayed on the pitch and hobbled around. And uh, the Czechs got a, a late uh, a late equaliser in that game. Um, kind of weirdly reminiscent of the how his Arsenal career ended in some yeah, ways, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of anyone else. Hector Bellerin apparently is due to play for Spain in their final group game. Oh, that would be good. As they change the team around. Yeah, because yeah. they've obviously uh, topped the group, yeah. And what about in the... To move aside from the Euros, what about the Copper America? You've been keeping an eye on David Espina's heroics for Colombia? Yep, penalty saving. So it's going to be Colombia versus Chile in the semi-final. So that's Alexis versus Ospina. Uh, mm. That could be quite good. Could be tasty. Yeah. Um, but that's... Well, I'm trying to think if there's any other Arsenal news. I mean, obviously, young goalkeeper Ryan Huddar has left the Emirates Stadium and joined National League side Eastley on a season-long loan. Well, that's I mean, happened. I think that's yeah, that's the move that caught everybody's imagination last week. I didn't bring it up because I just I assumed everyone else has talked about that already. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the uh, the Swiss shirts last night getting ripped yes, all over the place? they were, I mean... Yeah. Not the sturdiest, were they? No, they weren't. I like Shakiri's comment. Uh, you know, a little fat guy that plays for Stoke. I'm aware of him. Yeah, he says, "I hope Puma don't make condoms." <laughs> <laughs> Did he actually say that? Yeah, yeah. Fair play. Yeah, um, that's that's hilarious. I. But funny enough, didn't we talk about this on the show and say it was potentially a good idea because you'd win lots of free kicks because it'd be obvious your shirt was being pulled? I think we did say that because a number of people were tweeting it at me going, mm. remember that time you were talking about this on the podcast and I was sitting there going, no. No. I don't. We talk about a lot of shit, but we must have said that at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe that's what it is. But I think probably they might want to make sturdier garments than that. And the ball yes, burst. When's the last time you saw a ball burst? Not for some time, not since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, by the way, aside from the Ryan Huddart story, there is another story about a, a goalkeeper on loan, um, which is that in the last couple of days we've seen some some reports that Wojciech Szczesny is going to be heading back to London. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I like Szczesny. Yeah. I wouldn't I like mind a, a Szczesny check or a check Szczesny one two uh, for Arsenal next season. That'd be I think that'd be as as good as anybody's got in Europe. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, if he's up for it. I'd yeah, that is the question. Will he be up for it, though? Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, well, there we go. Are we, I mean, have we done part one? I feel like we've been going for a while. We have, all right. We have. There was uh, a lot of stuff about, about me being sick, so that, yeah. you know, that ate up a chunk of the time. Yeah, we had to add in some extra extra stuff here. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we've, that we've missed? Um, I don't think there is, so we should probably... Let me just double check here. Anything? Okay... No. Draxler. Arsene Wenger talking about Draxler and Draxler wants to leave Wolfsburg. Maybe mm. we could talk about that in the questions. Maybe I'll have a I question. I think I've got about a question that. about All Draxler. Right, okay, so we'll do that. Oh, the fixtures. The fixtures. Hard, aren't they? Every yeah. year. Yeah. 20 times away from home. 19 times, sorry. 
Yeah. That sounds a bit tricky. <laughs> First game of the season against Liverpool at home. Liverpool and then Leicester. Jamie Vardy's hat-trick for Leicester. Oh, my God. Absolutely inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, You know, look, you have to play the teams at some point, so, you know. I mean, one thing I, that did strike me is that our, our final few games are pretty dicey. Are they? I think there's Man- Manchester United late or something like that. Let me see if I can like find that. it. Hang on. I remember thinking, oh, no, we'll have to have won the league in March or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it goes... Oh, yeah, I see the final. Final four games. Away to Tottenham. At home to Man United. Away to Stoke. Ah! And then at home to Everton. Away to Stoke. Uh, final two away games, Spurs and Stoke. Yeah. Poor travelling fans. They're not going to be finishing this season on a high, are they? Having to go to those places. Yeah. Um, what's around Christmas? That's Everton at home, though. That could be, you know, that seems nice to me. We've Everton done that might before. might be good next season, though. They've got a new manager, new money. Who's the new manager? Ronald Koeman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Koeman. Um, well, I'm yeah, sure he know. will safely ensconce them in mid-table like he does with every team he manages. Probably. Probably. But you never know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We've got to play all the games, haven't you, at some yeah, point? for sure. Fuck it. Just get on with it. No point complaining. But it is interesting how it, you know, it's that word narrative, isn't it? The order of the fixtures sort of informs the narrative. I mean, if we get off to a bad start with Liverpool and Leicester in the first two games, uh, you know, the Leicester match is 10 days before the closure of the transfer window. There'll be absolute riots if we haven't done significant business and we start badly. <sighs> Let's not think about that now. Okay. <laughs> Go put some uh, calamine lotion on your itchy bits and uh, we'll come back with part two in in a second. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Arsecast Extra. This is part two where we answer the questions that you sent to us on Twitter at GunnarBlog and at Arsblog and also on Facebook if you check out facebook.com forward slash the Arsblog. There's a thread on there about about questions and stuff like that. So um, given, James, that you are, you're suffering and you have mm. suffered this weekend, I will give you the honor of going oh. first with the, with the question. By the way, can I just check? Can you hear this? Yeah. Oh, okay. What is I that? I can't scratch myself during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just thought I'd check. Um, this question then, we'd mentioned it Wh- just which before. Bit, which bit were you scratching there? 
Uh, no comment. So <laughs> this bit, we, got, we we mentioned this before. It's from This question comes from Tammy A, who's at Uncastet on Twitter. And they ask, thoughts on the Draxler link? Is a winger useless if we're still stuck with Giroud as our first choice striker? Well, no, I don't think a winger is useless if a winger is good and can also score goals from out wide. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really interesting. Arsene Wenger mentioned him in that Chinese interview. He mentioned Drexler as somebody who he was interested in watching. And the stories from Germany today are that Drexler wants to leave Wolfsburg. He's not happy there. And he would like to leave. Now, um, if you remember a couple of, couple of Januaries ago, January 2014, all the papers were talking about how Arsenal were going to buy Julian Draxler. There was talk about 30 million or whatever amount of buyout it was. Do you remember? And people were going, yep. well, you can't spend that much money on a 20-year-old. That's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And so we didn't. But I think our interest in him is very real, or Arsene Wenger's interest in his talent is very real. Um, I wonder if he became available, whether or not, he'd be interested. I I presume he would be interested in him. Uh, Wolfsburg paid, I think, 25 million pounds for him or 25 million euros for him last year. Right. So that was last August and they signed him on a five-year deal. So they've got a pretty strong hand there when it comes to, to, to any potential sale. He's one of those players, I think, that if Arsene Wenger has spotted something in him, then you'd kind of like to see it happen, to see what he might be able to do with him. You know, his career hasn't quite gone as well as he might like, and Arsene Wenger does have a bit of uh, reputation or a bit of history in turning things around for players who've, who've found themselves in those kind of situations. But whether there's any genuine interest or not, I don't know. I think we're putting two and two together and, and coming up with, with four or five or eight or whatever it might be. I don't know even what that means. But it, it just seems like if he's back on the market or if he is on the market or available, I would be surprised if we weren't interested in him. Mm, I, uh, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, as for whether it's Shiru or anybody else, I think you buy a player on his own merits, not necessarily because of who you have up front. Um, well, also, you've thought for some time, haven't you, that we that we might well buy a striker and a, a kind of wide forward this yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah. And I do know, um, I mean, there was there was interest in, in Mkhitaryan, which I believe I'd gone places and then seems not to have for one reason or another. So maybe interest in him was dropped because we're after somebody else. There was a Lille forward as well, a Lille uh, midfielder linked as well, Sofiane Bouffal, I think his name I saw is. That, yeah. He's a Moroccan international. Um, 11 yellow cards, no, 12 goals, 11 yellow cards, two red cards last season. <laughs> So when you bring in the red cards of Xhaka and you bring in his, in oh yeah, he's he's going full on cunt bag next season if, if he's he after, is, yeah. after this guy. So yeah, I mean, I do wonder, I think we're going to be after a striker and a wide player. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so anyway. Yeah, because Draxler would fit that bill. I mean, looking at his figures from last season, he played he played most of his football either as a number 10 or from the left-hand side, but he's also equally capable of playing on the right. Uh, and there was even a lot of talk, wasn't there, at one stage that Arsen felt he could succeed as a centre forward. I don't know if that would yeah. ever come to pass, but that was certainly the, the way it was spun in the yeah, papers. Yeah, re- redevelop him into uh, into a centre forward a bit. The old uh, Van Persie trick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, he's a hugely talented player. He's got some amazing uh, technical qualities, um, and maybe he, you know, maybe he does need to 
to make a move to somebody who can help those develop. And Arsene Wenger is a is a good coach like that. So yeah, yeah, I'd be on for it. to start for Germany. You know, he's got to he's got to have something. Yes, yes. Unless of course, you know, it's um, I don't know what I was going to say there. I've forgotten completely. <laughs> Hang on. I'm just I'm just scratching there to make people think that you're scratching. Great. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Oh. I'm also scratching. I'm just doing it further from the mic. Oh, um, good idea. A body part that's further from the mic. <laughs> my feet, my feet, my feet. Um, uh, all right. Here, now, that's, it's over to you. It's your question. It is. Uh, this one's from Adam Hayward, at Adam Hay. And uh, it seems as if Mikel Arteta is going to be part of Pep Guardiola's coaching staff at Manchester City next season. So he says, with news of Arteta joining City, who in world football would you like to join the Arsenal coaching staff? Anyone you like, I guess. Anyone I like. Wow. Uh, obviously, it's tempting to go for former Arsenal players, isn't mm. it? I mean, the, you know, the one that always holds a, a special allure to me is Dennis Burkamp. Yes, that's what I was going to say. You know, just in terms of sort of culturally what he brought to the club in the mid-90s I and mean, what you feel he could bring back. He's such an iconic figure. I don't know a footballer who couldn't be improved by talking to Burkamp, probably even still watching Burkamp, one imagines, on the training ground. I mm. imagine he'd be able to join in along with Robert Perez in the training sessions and not miss a beat. So, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously there are disadvantages. He can't travel to certain away games. But if you want someone who's just on the training ground day in, day out, working with forward players, I can't visage anybody better mm. yeah I'd love to um, I'd love to see Dennis back obviously he can't be a manager he can't be an assistant manager uh, if he can't travel to European games or even games like Norwich which are really mm. far away and we have to fly to of course it's um, the only possible way yeah so but I mean to have him back on the training ground in some capacity just I mean that's the thing I mean you can go through you can go through all the the great coaches and the great players in the world, but I think it, just just to have somebody who knows Arsenal and what Arsenal means or should mean, you know, you're looking at the players who were part of that, let's say, 98 um, uh, double winning side or the 2002 uh, double winning side or the Invincibles, you know, players who've been there and done that and have made their mark on the club, to have them back, uh, would, would be fantastic. But it's something that Arsene Wenger doesn't necessarily seem to be interested in, in, in a no, big way. I mean, Thierry Henry is the only one to come back in any significant way, isn't he? I mean, I know Freddie's at the club at the moment. Freddie Jumberg is doing, he's coaching one of the under the underage teams, the under-15s maybe, something like that. Thierry Henry okay. is back. But I mean, when you look at the, the way that Steve Bold came up through the ranks, you know, it wasn't like he was a former player who was brought back in to become part of the coaching staff or part of the first team staff straight away. I mean, he was years and years learning his trade with the lower, with the uh, underage teams. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, it would be a huge shift for Arsene Wenger to, to, to bring some, you know who I would like, actually, here's what I'd like. If we're, you know, we're going to throw it right out there. And we spoke about him a bit earlier on. I would like Jens Lehmann to be our so, goalkeeping coach. I was about to say exactly that. First of all, he's just a phenomenal character, and I, I imagine he'd be a highly motivational coach for a multitude of reasons. Um, but also, the goalkeeping area is one that's been a bit problematic, hasn't it, in terms yeah. of the coaching, potentially. There have been a few whispers about a bit of discontent from some of the players. Sure. 
he would be superb. And as far as I'm aware, he's fully qualified as a coach. I'm not sure if he sees himself as perhaps more than a goalkeeping coach if he wants to go into management or something like that. But he's someone who I think it would be fantastic to have around the club formerly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he did it He did it through Wales, uh, the same way that Arteta did. I mean, a lot of the players seem to be doing their coaching badges through the Welsh FA or the Welsh setup. I'm not quite sure why. Do, do they have a fast track on it or something? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I can't imagine. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I think people go to Ireland as well. I think maybe it's quicker to get through. I think you might be right. But... Um, not sure, not sure, but it's certainly the case that it's happening. All right, and if you had to have like one who wasn't uh, an Arsenal player or an ex-Arsenal player, anybody from the world of football, it's like anybody. the entire anybody from the world of football. Wow. Um. Oh, do you know what? I nearly said something extremely controversial. Oh my goodness. I really nearly did. I nearly said, only because I found his interviews of late so entertaining, I nearly said Roy Keane. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think sometimes by the way when I watch Arsenal play that they would benefit from someone talking to them in that straightforward manner. <laughs> I, think, um, I think it would just end up with a load of players weeping in the corner, terrified, because this is so not what they're used to. You know, that's Ar- true. Ars- I think Arsene Wenger... Arsene Wenger hates confrontation. Roy Keane thrives on confrontation. You could say perhaps that like that yin and yang might be might be a good, a heady combination of qualities, but I suspect probably not. I can't see that happening. I can't see that happening. Yeah. Um who else from the world of football? I do think that, you know, that's what Lehman has as well, that kind of steely forthright manner. That's what I think I'd want to bring in. I'm just trying to think of uh People who who characterise that, or well, I, I guess there's only you know there's only one other person you could think of from the world of football itself who could come in and really make a difference to the way that Arsenal play, the mindset, the mentality, the mental strength, all those qualities and character uh, characteristics that Arsene Wenger talks about all the time, and uh, Richard Keys, Richard Keys, yeah, I think Richard Keys. And then if we can get Sherwood in alongside him, <laughs> can you imagine? Um, I yeah. think Richard Keyes is basically, uh, it's funny, whenever we talk about the success to Arsene Wenger, Keyes is a name that never comes up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe it's because it's too obvious. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. But, but, uh, yeah. Keyes and Andy Gray is a kind of double management pairing. <laughs> um not Danny Murphy or Robbie Savage, certainly. I've not been impressed with the level of punditry. No, neither have I. With the exception of Slavin Bilic. I haven't really been watching because we don't get... I don't get ITV. Oh, you don't get the same as us, do you? No, we do, but I don't know how to get ITV on my Skybox. Nor You used to be able to add it as other channels. In Ireland, we don't get ITV as default. And then uh, we used to get UTV, which is the Ulster version of ITV. We used to get that, no problem. But UTV was bought out by... I don't know. They bought it. They they launched their very own Irish specific version of it. So we don't get like the the ITV network stuff here anymore. So if anyone knows how I can get that on my Skybox, please uh, please let me know. So I haven't really seen anything that's gone on on ITV at all. I thought actually Savage 
was quite good during the England-Wales game. It was Savage and Martin Keown. And they yeah, were both was, like a, completely partisan, which I <laughs> really liked. Oh, no, total dive. Look, he's dived. He's I dived enjoyed that where they completely game. disagreed with each other. And to be fair, I, 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 was, I watched that game with my brother and I, I've been a bit guilty there of jumping on the, the anti-Savage bandwagon, which to be fair, is quite a valid bandwagon. As bandwagon it's go, also an enormous bandwagon. It's huge. Yes, it's, I mean, it's not really a bandwagon, is it? It's more just the world that we live in. Yeah, it's an enormous um, container ship. Yeah, but uh, he was he was all right in that game. But Slavin Bilic has been great, and I, and Ian Wright, I do enjoy Ian Wright as well. I think he's yeah. uh, he's matured into a fine pundit. Let me ask you this: Why is Thierry Henry significantly better on the BBC than he is on Sky? That is a good question, and I can only think maybe because he's sort of not the senior man on Sky. Maybe because he's got Carragher and company and Sunes around him. Maybe that's inhibiting in some but way. I don't know. He's not the senior man. Oh, you mean on BBC? I don't think uh, he's the senior. No, I Hang on a second. Do you mean he's better on BBC? Yeah. 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 So I'm saying, do like you think... Like Miles better? I don't know then. Maybe is it the quality of the anchor? But they've got, you know, those the anchors on, on Sky are good. They've um, David Jones and Ed Chamberlain. Oh, no, he's left. Ed Chamberlain has left. He's, he's gone, gone to ITV, yeah. So they'll yeah. need a new. they'll need a new anchor. Hey, I could do that. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be good. You'd be great. Be... Could I sit in the back and chip in? Yeah, for sure. For Perfect. Sure. I'll just you be know... sat at the back there scratching them. Yeah, scratching exactly. Away. Whenever there's a bad game, we can just talk about, James, what happened to you today? Oh, well, I was just walking down the road and a tractor fell out of the sky and crushed both my legs. And then <laughs> while I was lying there screaming in agony, a dog came along and ate my Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> That would be, I mean, look, I think that would raise the the level of football coverage significantly. Mm. If anyone out there is listening from the BBC or Sky, Sky. we can bring even more out of Thierry Henry. Yeah, we can get, we'll get the absolute best out of him, but he is better on BBC than he is on on ITV. So I don't quite know why that is, but there you go. It's like Jamie Vardy at Leicester. He just feels at home there. (laughs) Yeah, maybe so. Uh, So let's have a question. This is a silly question. Oh, no. But... I, I think we'll have a discussion about the context of it afterwards. I mean, I'm giving too much away. So it comes from uh, Codchops at Codchops81, and they ask, with all this talk of Vardy and the need for a world-class striker, has everybody forgotten that we have Sonogo on loan at Charlton? Hashtag the new Henri. <laughs> now, <laughs> bless Yaya, but I did raise this question mainly because I wanted to know what you think will become of him in this summer. I think what will become of him? He's going to be 24 next season, I've realised. Well, I mean, you're you're stumped, aren't you, with the IR? There are times I wonder if it's like a piece of performance art that I don't quite (laughs) understand. (laughs) You know? I mean, I, I remember that that day of the FA Cup final. I remember it well because, you know, it was just wasn't going our way and we brought him on and and everybody's... It was a bit like going to see Stomp in concert, wasn't it? Just clanging around. Yeah. Just smashing into stuff. And he made a difference on the day. I mean, from a football... I think he... Did he win the corner from, from which Koscielny scored? Uh, and just generally speaking, he put himself about in such a way that nobody had any idea what what to do with him. My feeling on it is is that he was like uh, a cheap punt that Arsene Wenger 
and I said punt, um, just decided to take a risk on the way he has done throughout his Arsenal career. He's brought in these 400, 500,000 uh, pound players uh, or free transfer players that if they do something, if they somehow manage to kick on, well, then all of a sudden it, it looks like a great thing. And if they don't, um, you know, it's it's like, well, what the fuck is that guy all about? And we've seen a few of those down the years. I think with Sonogo, I, I, I don't know. I don't quite, I don't quite see what Arsene Wenger saw. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly what it was. I don't. I don't think he's as bad as people say, but I don't think he's like any business being anywhere near the Arsenal first team. Um, and I think what he what he did more than anything was highlight the paucity of options available to us over a couple of seasons. That if we didn't have Giroud, we had Sinogo. And that was more more uh, an indictment of Arsene Wenger's squad building than Yaya Sinogo himself, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, it um, was a ludicrous state of affairs. What, what I think might happen to him this summer, he'll score seven goals in the Emirates Cup again. Oh, there's no Emirates Cup, is there? No. Yeah, so he's, it's really tough times. So he's going to he's going to score eight goals against the MLS All Stars in America, mm. and everyone will go, "That's it, we found him." And then ultimately, he won't be anywhere near the first team. I think he's go- he's he's going to have to leave. Probably, he should go somewhere else and play some regular football. So I mean, he did okay at Charlton. He got a hat trick in one game, and um, you know maybe that's maybe that's kind of his level. I don't see him necessarily doing a Coquelin. And coming back and all of a sudden staking his claim as as the team's number one striker. So um, yeah, that that's what I think. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna. I think he'll go down in the sort of uh, with the Amari Bischoffs of this world, won't he? Yeah, yeah, a little bit like that. The Stefan Maltz type kind of signing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose a bit like Bischoff in the way, promising player with big injury problems early in his career. I think uh, the manager felt if they could, if he could get him fit. And uh, there, there was a player in there, but the truth is, Snogo's really struggled with injuries, even since he's come to Arsenal as well, mm. and um, hasn't developed sufficiently. And I think, I mean, I don't, I think we'd probably struggle to sell him now, but I imagine a loan spell, another loan season, maybe a permanent deal at the end of that. Yeah, who knows? Who knows how long he's got left on his contract? It's unclear, but uh, I think his days as a part of the first team squad. This must be his last year. When did he join? He must have joined in twenty thirteen, like was it? Doesn't it? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, yeah, Sonogo. Let's have a go. Well, he joined at the end of his contract with Auxerre, and that was in 2013. Right, so... three years. So he could have two more years left. I I doubt we gave him a five-year deal. No way. Do you think? No. I'd be very surprised. Be very so. I'd say he's probably in the the last year of his his contract. Actually, let's have a look at transfermarkt.de, and they usually give your contract length... Uh, contract until yeah June 2017 so he's in the final year of his contract so you know I'd say we'd be prepared to to let him to let him go Mm. yeah well thanks for the memories yeah yeah it's been a been fun been a bumpy old ride All right, here's one from uh, Jonathan Houseman at Johnny Houseman and he says, have you any concerns about uh, Arsene Wenger's comments about signing three players maximum? Is it a hint he hasn't learned any lessons from last year? Say that again, sorry. What? Sorry, I've completely not heard that properly. 
Okay, so I think uh, there were some quotes from Arsene Wenger saying that he'd be signing three players maximum. Oh, yes, I saw that, yeah. Right? Yeah. So any concerns that he hasn't learned his... Has he not learned his lesson? I don't know. I mean, he said that before the end of the season as well, that ideally you want to bring in about three players. You know, it's a good balance between refreshing the squad and stability. The issue is how many players he might lose, isn't it? Like, if he, mm. if several players leave, he's going to have to refine that number. I remember you saying that you consider... When he says that, you think he means if nobody leaves, yeah, then it'll be three more. Um, because I think, you know, let's say someone like a Kieran Gibbs goes, then you've got to replace him and then that yeah. number probably has to go up to four. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, three, and three that includes Shaka, doesn't it? Yeah, could do. I mean, three would be a good number, but I'm, I'm not I think I think we'll end up having to do more like five. Yeah, that's. I think I said that a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. I, I would like five. I don't mean five fifty million pound players, but I think we need. I think we need five players. Hmm. Mm. Well, I mean, I, so yeah. so. Do you do you have concerns? I have some concerns, but I think it's very unlikely that he would come out and say five players anyway. Mm. Um, I think he. I I hope he means what you think he means that it's three plus. Plus any potential replacements. I mean, Shaka's one. A centre forward's definitely another. Yeah. I would personally quite like a centre half. Yeah. Personally. Personally. Um. I I believe. A- yeah. I I do I do wonder if there's stuff bubbling under because I I think the the Bolton guy, I think we're after him. Right. What's Wait, is that a signing for the first team or? Maybe. I guess. Who else? I don't know. I mean, well, 20 I, I sounds just... young, you know, but 20 is not young necessarily these days when it comes to. When it comes I to guess football. it's just a big leap, isn't it, for a player from the bottom of the championship to mm. the Champions League? Yeah. Um, but he can play at fullback as well, I believe, Rob Holding. Yeah. Don't know if that would be a factor. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that three would be. I think we'll need more than three. And uh, I think Austin must know that. He must know that, especially if players go. Yes. Um, I guess it depends so, who's yes, going to go. It's always alarming. Hmm. Always alarming to hear that from him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just get them in. Spend the money. Get them in. Stop worrying about stuff and things. They have tried, it appears. They have tried. So. Yeah. Not hard enough, yeah. though. Not hard enough. Try harder. Party. All right. Have you got Have you got another one? Uh, I can find one. Hang yeah. on. Give it a second. Yeah, that's all right. Okay. This one is just not about football at all. Okay. Um, this is from the Lonious West, and they ask, "Would you rather have shoes on twenty four seven or bare feet twenty four seven? Um, <laughs> it's got to be shoes. It depends where you live. Right, explain that. Right, well, let's say I live on a beach and a nice hut on the beach and the sand is warm. It's a warm yeah. climate. I can I can walk in my bare feet the whole time. I mean, what happens, what happens when you go for a shower? It doesn't say, well... I, I 24-7 means 24-7. But is it one pair of shoes? Or can you, like, pop your flip-flops on to go in the shower? They're not flip flops. Are not shoes. 
Flip-flops are flip-flops. Flip-flops are not shoes. No. How can this flip-flops is be shoes? Stuff. Come on. Right, well, I have a categorise the So are we, do, do you think it's one pair of shoes that never comes I off? I think he's talking about shoes. I think he's talking about a pair of George Webbs or something. Just, you know, shoes. We're not talking footwear. Not even like, trainers. No, shoes. trainers are not shoes. Trainers are trainers. Flip-flops yeah, are flip-flops. Sandals are sandals. Could, have you ever tried to sleep in your shoes? I have, from time to time, fallen asleep in my shoes. Are there any consequences? <clears throat> and, Is it uncomfortable? Well, no, because I'm too drunk to notice. You're comatose, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think it's got to be shoes all the time. No. There are two- no. No? No. Bare feet for me. What? But you don't live by a bit. You don't live on the beach. Yeah, but this could this could prompt my move there. I've always wanted to. I've always I wanted see. to live like on the beach. I could have a hammock. I could read. I could do things, and I could just walk. And after a while, the soles of your feet become hard and scabbed, and they're basically like wearing shoes. Well, this is interesting. I would definitely go. Mm, yeah, I'm going sh- shoes. Uh, I have um, to walk around the streets of London. Yeah, and I, and I like the beach, but if I move to the beach, I'll get like bitten by the midges again, or killed by a tidal wave. I, you know, or a land shark. I'll stay in safe London, where I got held up at gunpoint the other day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, well, shoes. No, I I just couldn't wear shoes all the time. It would just uh, now trying to go to sleep with shoes on. I mean, it would be so annoying taking your pants off over your shoes every single time. You'd have that to wear definitely like definitely would be annoying. That would wreck my head. So I'd rather. So I, you would you would not be able to go to cold places. You wouldn't be able to visit places in winter. Oh my god! On the stag, I was chatting to a friend of mine, and he said he gets dressed from the feet up. What does and I was that? Like, what do you, what, what does that mean? What do you mean? And I, he was like, "Well, sometimes I put my socks and my shoes on first before anything else. Before, before even his underpants. Yes." What? Before his trousers. Well, yeah. But but how is he getting the trousers over the shoes? Well, he certainly can't be like a skinny jean wearing, like, rock and roller, can he? I mean, I just have this picture of this man just walking around in just shoes and socks. No, that's not right. That's you don't see right. that often. No, I mean... Scottish look, naked, they call that. Scottish naked. I mean, look, it's surely the obvious way, like when you have a shower and then you it's like put underwear on first, right? You put your underpants on and then you... That would be the first thing for me. So then, but when, after that... And what would be your second thing? I think mine is socks next. No, pants for me. Pants. Hang on. Pants, like trousers? Yeah. Sorry, I say or jeans, or you know, right? Yeah, right. Okay, slacks. Okay, okay. Whatever you want to call them, yeah. Whatever I'm wearing, Mm. yeah. And then then socks. A t-shirt. Oh, then socks. Oh, you're all over the place. What's going on? And then a then a t-shirt or a shirt or whatever. Yeah. I think I go pant uh, underwear. Yeah. Socks, t-shirt, jeans or trousers. Right. And then shoes of some kind. Right. Guys, different strokes for different folks. It sure is. And people thought, people thought that we wouldn't know what to chat about in the summer. <laughs> the haters. Exactly. The haters. But here we are. Here we are. Solving all these problems. Final question for you. Go on. All right. This comes from JJ at E underscore click underscore tick. He wants to know, 
Would you rather die bursting like an Adidas football or shredded to pieces like a Puma shirt? I mean, one of the two will almost certainly... Both may happen to me in the next year. Um, Year? You're fucking... It's going to be like next week. I think bursting feels... (sighs) Shredded to pieces sounds very painful. Mm. Bursting sounds like, bang, at least it's gone. But I guess the swelling up before the bursting is the... Yeah. But the football doesn't get bigger before it bursts. It just bursts. Just burst, yeah. So if I just burst, (laughs) that would be all right. Yeah, I could deal with the bursting. Not the shredding. I don't think you'd know much about the bursting. The shredding, you'd be like, oh, God, there goes another bit. Fuck. Like, well, yeah, like f- f- being flayed, essentially. That's what that is. Yeah. No, I'm not in. I'm going to shock you, Andrew. I'm not interested in having that done to me. So. Wow. Okay. I choose to be burst. <laughs> I think Honestly, I. Uh, pump, yeah. pump me up and watch me go bang. Yeah. I think that's the right way. Like a like a dodgy Adidas football and not a dodgy Puma shirt. What a way to go. They still didn't send us our football shirts, Puma. Still didn't Come send them. That's guys. what it was. We were trying to get them to send us shirts. They must have been listening and thought, no, if these guys get their hands on those shirts, they're going to tear them to pieces. They'll, they'll be, we'll be ruined. We'll be ruined before someone can pull it off Jack's back at Euro 2016. Look, everyone's talking about those Puma shirts, so yeah. Puma are the real winners here. Yes. Yeah. Someplace, somewhere, there's a big a big cat laughing to itself. There's no such publicity as bad publicity, apparently. Apparently. It's not really true, but people say it, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. All right. Well, look, um, I will leave you to itch to your rehydrate. bits. To, yes, rehydrate first. And scratch. Yes. Cover yourself in lotion. Oh, I will. And it, I'll probably pick the wrong one and burn myself alive. Or yeah. You know what I'm like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, if you went out to get lotion, you'd end up in this weird guy's like underground cave and he would yeah. tell you, puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> <laughs> but at least if you, if you didn't do that, you would get the hose again, which would mean that you are rehydrated. So if you're out there, Buffalo Bill, check out James, North London. He's looking for your talents. We'll do, yeah, and I'll keep an eye out for him too. Yeah, you do that. All right, we'll catch you on the next Arscast Extra. Until then, have a good week. Enjoy the Euros. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.